Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I am Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are the blended life, crossing our fingers that YouTube doesn't screw us this time, but we're good. We are good. Were you in a little distress there? We just are, it's fine. It's great. (laughs) What are we? All right, tonight's topics. We're doing question and answers, right? Yeah, we're going to discuss topics that were suggested or, you know, requested by our viewers, listeners, our peeps. Um, We're going to talk about the pros and cons of different custody schedules within your home. If you have two sets of kids, we're going to talk about dating your spouse. We're going to talk about how to deal with... don't tell my girlfriend. Yeah. Speaking of, Mm. how to deal with insecurities um, that you may have with your spouse's ex in their relationship. Okay. Um, And then um, a question about how to... Be a step, an effective step, step parent without stepping on the bio parent's toes. To be an effective step parent without overstepping. There you go. Nice. Just one big stepping. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> step, exercise. step over and step aside. Yeah. All right. So, what is helping you get through this pandemic, COVID thing with everything shut down? I feel like it's not. I go on living my life like nothing ever happened. If I have to put on a mask because you're required to inside of a place, I either won't go there or if I need to go there, then I'll just bite the bullet or I'll procrastinate going there. So um, I just pretend like it doesn't exist. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like out and about that often anyways, you know, out in like public situations and settings. So I'm not like super worried about catching this or transmitting this. Um. So I, I I don't know. I'm not like, oh, man, I can't wait for this to be over. I'm like, come November 4th, we're going to find out if this is over or not. Oh, so. <laughs> yeah. So I guess everyone else is doing PSAs to vote. So I would invite you guys, if you're not registered to vote um, in November, go do that. Register. Do what you need to do and vote your conscience, whatever that is. It makes a difference. We're not po- we're not going to get political on our Blended Life channel, but we do encourage everyone to vote your conscience and make sure that you have skin in the game, right? If you're not willing to vote, then I, you know, personally, it's like, don't complain about right. life. Right. Um, my son was asking me when he's able to vote, mm-hmm. you know, when he's so excited to be able to do that. And I remember... The first time I got to vote in an election, it was mm-hmm. such a huge deal. And so, um, because I was raised that way, I was raised that having a say and in, in having a voice and voting is, you know, you're right. You need to do your civil duty and go vote, you get out duty. there, duty. So, but I feel like a lot of people aren't raised to, you know, I mean, my brother, my half brother, doesn't really care. Didn't vote a to lot. Vote? Like, yeah, I feel that's like he not does a big now, deal. He's pretty political now. Yeah, growing up though. And um, so it's just interesting, but it was encouraging that, you know, my son's like excited it's, to go do it. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's our job as parents to instill that into our kids. You know, I know. Are, they, are they excited to go get the driver's license? Are they excited to 
go to college or mm-hmm. are they excited to get a career? Are they excited to have a family, start their own family and get married, you know? Gosh. Um, these are all things that we instill in them. Right. As values. Do you remember like how excited you were to drive? Yeah. More excited than I was to vote. Yes. Now I wish I had a driver and they could take me to vote. But I just, just remember, like, like there's like kids nowadays aren't, like they're not getting their license till like 18. There's We've talked about this a bit here. Kids but these days that it blows my label. mind. Right. I'm like, how do you not be so excited to go drive and get out of here? Because all of us parents are keeping up with the Kardashians, you know? We're all trying to be that New Jersey housewife and, like, have the next greatest baby. You're trying to be a New Jersey housewife? I'm just saying, like, it's, it's people are trying to be better than the next person that they're not taking the time to put into their own kids and look within and build their own family before they worry about what the next person thinks about them. Mm. There's people that are worried more about what social media thinks of them than what their own child thinks of them. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? That's, that's just our generation and it's our society today. today. I'm not saying that's everybody, but that's just a good portion of it. And um, when you don't put the time and effort into your kids, you can't expect your kids to, have value in things. Right. You know, it's it's what we put our time, our effort, our value into that our kids are going to see and it's going to translate. It's going to reflect. Yeah, totally. All right. So. Um, well, let's go ahead and discuss the pros and cons of having, you know, if you have two sets of kids in your home, his and hers, um, you probably are dealing with two different custody schedules. And so we get asked a lot, and we got asked this time as well, to discuss, you know, pros and cons of having the same custody schedule in the home. And I guess you can reverse it, right? If it's a con in this regard, it would be a pro if you had different custody schedules. Sure. So we're just going to do pros and cons of having both sets of kids on the same custody schedule. What do you want to tackle first, pros or cons? Um, Let's go with the pros. It's just a great thing. Okay. So your first pro was planning. Yeah, you can plan. You can plan vacations. You can plan um, holidays. You can plan weekends and little day trips or long trips. You know, it's just a lot easier to plan a schedule when the kids are, you know, basically aligned. Yeah. You look at your calendar, you go, oh, we have them or, oh, we don't have them, you know, and it makes it pretty simple. Right. right. And you're not asking for favors. No, exactly. Especially if one of you has a tough co-parenting situation with an ex. Um, I know it's hard to sometimes, not everyone's easygoing to get your kids if you want everyone together. Sometimes that can create you know, unnecessary drama. It just makes it more difficult. It's like whoever wants to talk to their ex anyway. Right. Type of a thing. So that is a huge, huge pro. Mm-hmm. Um, more, I was going to say, another pro that I thought of was you get more alone time as a couple. Mm-hmm. If kids are all on the same schedule. Right. You know, then you don't have overlapping schedules where you seem to always have someone's kids in tow. You know, you're able to have a block of time, even if it's a couple days or three days or whatever, where it's just you and your spouse. And so I think that's a huge pro point of that, because when you enter a blended family, right, um, you guys both have kids. You didn't or at least there's kids involved, right? One or both of you has them, and you don't really get to start off your life together one-on-one, you know, having all the experiences, doing life like just you two, like um, you would if you were having your first experience right. with a partner. We're kind of we're split. I mean, our kids align as far as weekends go. Yeah. But our weekdays kind of variate, mm-hmm. you know? Um and so we kind of see it from both sides and it mm-hmm. is very complicated when we do have one set of kids and not the other set of kids, but it also, it kind of, it bites into the time, you know, our, our kids do overlap and it definitely plays a role in our marriage, which we'll get to in a little bit. It's kind of more on the con side for me, but yeah. So a pro is that you get to have more time with your spouse, right? If your kids are all on the same schedule. Right. And you can utilize that time 
you know, to the best of your advantage to bond and to continue learning your spouse. And, you know, one thing that I think it's pushed to the wayside when you're in a blended family and you have a marriage in a blended family is that you, you're so busy and preoccupied and distracted because there's like jobs and kids and school and um, social obligations and family obligations. And there's so much thrown at you from day one that you don't really stop and take a, a, a moment to like, oh, I need to keep learning my spouse. You know, your spouse has lived lifetimes before you came along. You know, they have a lifetime of experiences, of hurts, of, you know, triumphs, of passions and dreams and hopes and goals. And um, it's always important, I think, that you use that time to further learning who your spouse is. And I don't think you should ever stop. Right. Yeah. The minute you stop that, I mean, that's basically where it leaves off. You know, if you never stop growing you know you turn into a teenager and you never stop learning from there you never stop growing you're always going to be a teenager right and we're as individuals are always changing right. we're always you know our, what we're, we're we're inputting into our brains is informing new thoughts and new opinions and new hopes and new dreams and new outlooks and new desires and new wants and so i want a pinata for my birthday this year do you just saying my 13th birthday. That's nice. Yeah. You never tell me what you want for your birthday. You're the worst. You never worst. tell me what you want for your you birthday. Are you are the worst at telling me what you want for your birthday. <laughs> Says the one having a birthday on Sunday. What does she want for her birthday? Yeah, but. She couldn't tell me, you guys. He asked me three days before my birthday. I've asked you multiple days. But, but I'm I just can't, saying. I crossed the bridge again. Like last night. <laughs> 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 All right. Moving on. Um. Okay, so one thing that's good, a pro about having the kids on the same custody schedule is that they're on even ground. They're on an even playing field. There's not really room for, um, they're doing it together. And that gives them kind of equal footing. And that's really beneficial for kids. Um, they bond. Who feel like, yeah, it's it, and that was the next one, is there's more time for kids to bond because they're together more. Yeah. They're, they're, they're doing more of life with you together than apart. Right. And they don't they don't feel like life is going on at the other house without them. Yeah. And I do feel like we get a little bit of that. Not a ton, but a little bit, you know. My son's hit me up and been like, are the kids here all the time? I feel like they're always here. I'm like, well, technically you're kind of here more often than they are. And he yeah. goes, well, it doesn't feel like that. You know, it's because there'll be days, you know, on a week that he's not here that they are here and he sees it as, Oh, they're at the house, but I'm not, you know, and they don't, the grass is always greener on the other side. They always see the other things, but they don't see the whole picture. You know, I feel like kids don't sometimes don't understand that or don't see that yet. And, uh, it's just been a conversation that we've had. Yeah. So if kids are all on the same custody schedule, nobody has to wonder what the other kids are doing while you're away or being jealous that kids are there and you're not. And, and all that good stuff. So those are the list of pros we came up with. Um, and let's talk about the cons now. Okay. I feel like you have a lot of cons. <laughs> I don't. I had just as many pros as I had cons, didn't so, I? So cons of the same custody schedule. Mm -hmm. The first one is that kids don't get, and this was yours actually, kids right. don't get that one-on-one -on -one attention from their... Step-parent. I think, I feel like, I feel like okay. it... Oh, you probably wrote it down wrong. I feel like kids don't get when... <laughs> I wrote it down wrong. You did. I did. Um, I feel like the stepkids and the stepparents don't bond as much when bio kids and bio parents are with each other because bio parents are putting a lot of their effort into bio kids. Their attention naturally goes, to, goes to the bio right. kids. So I've seen, uh, for instance, you and my son bond the most when it's been you and him together. The other kids aren't here, you know, and a lot of times when I'm not even here, when it's you guys one-on-one. -on -one. So if you have more time of, you know, stepkid and stepparent hanging out together, naturally that's going to be more time to bond, right? Mm -hmm. So when the when the bio kids are here, 
you know, there's a little bit more, there's a little bit more going on. There's a little bit more attention paid to the others. Um, and I mean, it's, it's a natural thing, but I think that could be drawn up as a con, you know, do I think it's a bad thing? No. You know, I, I personally like it when the kids are there together and they, and they grow and they learn from one another and they bond with one another. But it's an opportunity I sometimes a needed opportunity right. to not have distractions of all the kids in the home yeah. so that the step parent and step kid could just have that time or all the focus can be on, you know, this, the step kid. Mm-hmm. Also, I would say it's nice too. like, I know our kids both really enjoy when the other kids are gone because they get one-on-one time with their bio parent. Right. Oh, you're saying when their, their bio siblings gone? No, when 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 the stepkids get one-on-one time in the house without their step-siblings oh. or when our kids get one-on-one time in our home with mm-hmm. us without their step-siblings here, they like that one-on-one attention they get from their bio parents. Hmm. Yeah. You know, they don't have to compete right for attention with somebody else they get to be selfish they get to they get to have that and that's a hard thing you know kids grieve their bio parents when divorce happens you know and then when you introduce a step parent and a step kid or stepchildren into their lives you know sometimes it feels like kids are like a piece of you is being taken away from them and given to other people and so I think it's really important to have one-on-one time with your own kids. There's nothing wrong with fostering and nurturing your relationship with your bio kids. Of course not. And so it is nice, I will say, for all of us, I would speak for Eric and myself and all of our kids, you know, having that space to have one-on-one time with our kids in, without distraction of everything else going on is, is nice. You know, right. so that is a con of having, you know, it's a con, such a con, <laughs> but having the same custody schedule with the kids doesn't allow for you to have that intermittent one-on-one time, either bonding with your stepchild or bonding with your own children. Um, I think that's, it's, it's, it's something that you don't get if all the kids are on the same schedule. Um, and it's also nice for kids to have a break from one another. Definitely. You and know, I, yeah, I think even with biological kids, you know, um, my son doesn't have to deal with it as often. Oh, my because, kids are, oh. but your kids are always stuck together and I they mean, hate it. They, they complain they about it often. They do. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, which is part of, siblings. it's part of having siblings, you know, I mean, if you were, if you were a completely biological family, like it's, it's how it goes. Like, I mean. My, not so much my youngest sister, but my, my sister who's a year and a half younger than me, we are always by each other. We are always doing stuff together unless we are at friends' houses, you know, or at school, which you can't kind of get away from these days. <laughs> Kids are always around each other, yeah. but it's, it's learning to fight. It's having those arguments and learning to compromise and not just get your way mm-hmm. saying, I'm sorry, you know, learning humility, mm-hmm. um, you know, learning how to argue and fight fairly. Mm-hmm. I think is a great thing for kids to do. And that's a great thing for biological kids and step kids. You know, if, if you have brother, stepbrother and sisters um, in the family, I think it's good for kids to be able to have those arguments. And again, us as adults to facilitate how to work out those arguments, how to, how to give in, how to share, how to show humility, how to, you know, show sorriness. You know, there's a lot of lessons in in childhood arguments Hmm. silly as that sounds right Mm -hmm. so having the kids around each other bio and step alike there's a lot of lessons in it for sure but it is nice for the kids to have a break from one another and so they don't get that if you have the same custody schedule so we put that as a con because um, the same custody schedule is everyone all the time you know, and that can be great. I think it also depends on the temperament of all the kids and how your family is blending. Um, but let's finish up this list real What's quick. What's up, Jessica? We'll Refro weed. Something that you brought up, which was our last con for the same custody schedule. 
Um, which I didn't even think about, but everything's you said bigger when you have all the kids all the time. And you put that as a con because everything's Well, you think about it, you know, you're like, hey, we've got the whole family together. Let's go out and get pizza. Well, now we have to buy more pizza. Let's go out and get sushi. We have to buy more more sushi. Let's all go somewhere together. We need a bigger vehicle to get everyone somewhere together. I mean, you look at it as a con. You look at it as part of your family just being bigger. But it could be a con. Now, something I didn't put down that um, I was thinking about afterwards is... When the kids are on the same schedule, um, it's it's great because you can plan, but it's also very hard because I feel like when you have all the kids in the same household, we're working so hard to give the kids our attention and get everything taken care of and everything figured out that you and I lose a lot of time between us. We lose a lot of chemistry. Um, we lose just a lot of the the intimacy for lack of a better term. I I feel like when it's a week that it's like, all right, we have my son here the whole week and we have your kids here on and off part of the week. We lose just a part of us, you know, something that bonds us. And it's so hard because it takes another week and a half for that to even be able to start over again. Mm -hmm. And right as that starts over and right as we click, boom, it all starts over again. Yeah. And I feel like that loses us. Mm-hmm. quite often um and then take it a step further not only are our kids kind of on the same schedule but they're also kind of not on the same schedule we have two different styles <laughs> our kids are not on the same schedule like there's they're no- not we have them the same weekends and then every other week we have them part of the same days but yeah. we so don't eric have- is week on week off very right. cut dry um, and then my kids, I have, I'm on a five, five, two, two schedule. And so basically that just means I have them every Monday, Tuesday, their dad has them every Wednesday, Thursday, and then we alternate weekends, Friday, Saturday, <laughs> Sunday. So it ends up being like, I have them five days. My ex-husband has them five days and then I have them two days and then he has them two days, and then it repeats. It goes five, five, two, two, five, five, two, right. two. Right. You guys try to wrap your so. minds around it. It's been years, and I'm just figuring well, it out. Well, I mean, I have them the same, you know, Monday, Tuesday. He has them Wednesday, Thursday. Right. Unless it changes. And then we alternate weekends. It changed, it changed before. That's. It's not always been that way. It has changed. Yeah. You know, so, but it complicates things. And um, it really, that right there, I think, is one of the biggest factors of you and I being completely whole and completely aligned, I think is our, is our parenting schedules. It doesn't make yours any right or wrong as it does mine right or wrong. You know, we both have them worked out a certain way. However, if we could get ours to be the same way, I think it would do a lot more. I think it will do a lot of good for our marriage. Yeah. But neither one of us is willing to change our schedules. I mean, maybe I, don't. I, I kind of, do you want me to go to two, two, five, eight, nine with <laughs> mine? No, I mean, you I know? feel like, like it I, works for the kids that we have, you know, yeah. I feel like I, and it's, it's hard because Here. a lot of blended families, like when custody schedules are tailored to the people and the kids that are involved. So my custody schedule, my custody schedule is for me my kids and my ex and what works in that dynamic. Your custody schedule is what's best for you, your children and your ex. I mean, you know, is and it I though? Think- I, I don't, I don't necessarily think week on week off is the best thing for us. I mean, why not month on month off? Would that be any better? Like, I don't know. That would be brutal. I don't know any parent who like, maybe that's I'm just the saying, thing. I I'm, don't ju- know. I'm just saying, no, um, I, I've heard of it before and it's Holy people, shit. but it's not people in the same, the same city or the same town like us, you know, it's people that, you know, like coastal or whatever. Yeah. Or kids do, um, online school, you know, and they will go spend different yeah. times with different parents. Um, but you know, I mean. I don't know. It, to me, like week on week off is kind of a lot like sex. <laughs> Whereas, like you, you miss okay. it for you miss it for a week, but but then you're excited for it. it you know, and, or a and month, you get, and you, or bi monthly. 
<laughs> and try yearly. Yeah, but uh, but then you start to not know your kids anymore. No, you know what? There's there's a lot of pros and cons. You have to see what works best for you That's and right. our family or in your family. But and I you, think yeah. personally, I think, and I'm just I'm saying this right now on air because this I is know where you're we have just our, throwing shit out there now. Conversations, but yeah. I think. Our marriage, talk about life is I here. think our marriage would be a lot better oh. if our kids were on a more aligned schedule. We miss a lot of time. I mean, we really, really have what two months or two week, two days a year a month. Do we have two two days a month, or do we have four days a month with no kids? It's something. Yeah, I, you're I having don't to think know. About. I have it's to think not about very this. often because the kids are overlapping because their schedules are kind of the same, but they're not the same at all. You know, so it makes it super hard. You guys, it, it definitely makes it difficult and it makes it very hard for our chemistry to stick around because we both, I think we both pride ourselves on being good parents. You know, I, I, I know you really like to be, why are you smirking at me? <laughs> or, or, no, I just, because I did. Okay. First of all, when we made our, when I made our list of what our topics were, uh-huh. did not think we were going to go talk about. What's wrong with our marriage, sex, and now what will make our marriage better? I'm like, I am not prepared for this shit right now. You you know what? And this is exactly why. And we don't even ever talk about this bullshit until we're on air in front of everyone. And I'm just like rolling my motherfucking eyes over here. Here we go, you guys. I don't know what to do. Though, because we would have, we would have talked about this. We would have argued about it because we wouldn't have been so kind about it off air. And then we would be Are angry we kind? Right now, and we never would have talked about this. I don't this. feel kind right now. Don't you? You want to no. hit me? I never would you hit poke you. poke my eyes out? You would hit me before if I, I hit hey, you. If I was a fish in a package in a supermarket, oh, would you poke my eyes poke out? your eyes out. See, she'd poke my With eyes out. With a knife. <laughs> With a knife. I cut those shit. Did you ever out. do that as a little kid? Yeah. Like walk past the fish in the supermarket and poke Who the didn't? eyes? I know. I totally did. <laughs> you want to go do that, I don't kinda, you? Yeah. This is so weird. shopping Oh. I can't, you guys. I might die. <laughs> Anyways, hairball. You okay? No, I don't know what I don't know what even what we're talking about anymore. <laughs> I have no idea what's happening right now. Anyways, we would have a better marriage if our kids were <laughs> I'm like, more aligned. If you want to talk about what would make our marriage better, this podcast, we certainly could do that. We certainly could. Would you, you like guys? to? No, I no, don't think anyone you wants just to. Do you guys want to hear that? You just want to put out there. Poking fish eyes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's all I wanted to get to. That was my point has been made. It all led up to poking fish eyes out. So, anywho, let me just say, how are your COVID cakes going? That that was your idea, and you did not do COVID cakes. Rewind the tape, you guys. Who said they were going to do it? I know I didn't. Um, but I think when it comes to like, there's not one size fits all. These are our pros and cons from our point of view that we came up with. But, you know, some families, it would be better to have your kids on the same custody schedule. I feel like we have the best of both worlds because we have the kids on the weekend. This Our kids are together on the weekends. We're on the same weekend schedule. Right. So... When we're actually ever able to go do something on a weekend, we have all the kids at the same time. Right. And I think that that is, you know, our kids are together a lot. Um, and I think that works for our family and that's good. I also think it's good knowing your child and my children that they have that one-on-one time mm-hmm. and that break from each other. But- so I think that is my opinion. I think that we have the best of both worlds and we do get alone time together. I don't Twice think <clears throat> you know what, every uh, other weekend mm-hmm. we have alone weekends every other weekend. I can't tell you how many parents would give their left arm to have every other weekend free with their spouse. No, you know that right. inner that are have no, like I normal to- families I totally that agree. don't. So I think that we need to do a better job of I think what would help our marriage is to do a better job of being mindful of the time that we do have together Mm -hmm. and plan things and figure out how we're going to use our time and stick with it and make it a meaningful experience. We could have every fucking week together alone. And if we're going to sit there and not do anything together or be bored all the time, or what do you want to do all the time? You know, then 
Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like we don't even fucking utilize but the where, time that okay, we have together. We, so I, I don't under like the my mind is blown. Where we miss the mark though is when we do have our kids, we don't stay connected. We don't stay focused on one another. We go so hardcore with our kids. You and I both, I'm not saying it's one or the other, both of us, that we really lose that separation. And it's so hard to come back and then we only have this small percentage of time. That whether we utilize it to its fullest and maximize it, or we don't, it's still such a small amount of time. So tiny. It's it's, it's so, so teeny tiny. tiny. I'm making the I'm making the things with my. If you guys are listening on on our podcast, if you're listening and not able to see Eric as he's talking, he's making faces, small little faces. I feel like small little fingers. Can we get the Ross the thing Ross, going? Yeah. yeah. So that's just where I think we missed the mark. I'm just being honest. I I can be honest as fuck. I <laughs> can be like real honest. honest. Nobody likes that though. No one likes the honesty. We're gonna move hey, on. Best. You know. Okay, making da- <laughs> okay making dating your spouse the priority in your marriage. Why it's important to take time to keep learning your spouse throughout the marriage. Well, we kind of just talked about that, but I think that. You know, Dr. Laura always says that, and I love Dr. Laura. She's very polarizing and she's a shit show, but I love her because she is honest. She's just, I used to race boats against her, sailboats when I was a little kid. Not that little, I was a teenager. She's got a really good race crew. I was a little bitty one. Um, I love her. Um, because I just love that she just puts that shit out there and she doesn't care. She's kind of my idol that way. She's very, yeah, she's very She just honest. doesn't, like, zero fucks, right? I mean, do you know I have a sweatshirt that says zero fucks? Yeah, you keep talking about it. I've, Man, you are one pathetic loser. Oh, that must be, that must be about your sweatshirt. I don't know. Where'd that come from? <laughs> Sex is about it's, to be Instagram couldn't hear it. Bi yearly. <laughs> try, 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 try try yearly. I try yearly. No, bi yearly. <laughs> Anyways. I'm about to become trisexual. Yeah. Where at this point in time I will try anything sexual. Uh, will you? I mean at this point. You beggars it, can't be choosers, love. You're gonna try anything sexual? Oh my gosh. Keep going. Let's talk about what you've tried. No, let's not. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> All right, so Crickets. dating your spouse, right? Dr. Laura always says that you're supposed to always forever be your husband's girlfriend, you know? And I think that is, I was talking to my friend Sarah about this the other day, and I think it's a- Job openings. <laughs> job openings. No, we were just discussing how, you know, how do we, she was like, So I'm not going to call anyone out, but basically I think women feel that dating is like a one-sided situation, right? Like one person in the relationship, whether it's male or female, right? Or female, female, whatever. Like one person in the relationship always feels like they have to plan. Like it's up to them to make it happen. It's up to them to do it all. It's up to them for everything. Female, female. I hate the female here. But so we were discussing how like unique ways to come up with, I, she was like, well, I was, she had said that she has suggested that they take a month. So one date a month and then everyone plans every other month. So technically each person plans six dates a year. Does this make sense? Or? Sounds like a lot of work <laughs> planning six dates a year. But if you're going to, so say you you say your goal is to have one date a month with okay. your spouse. That's not asking too much. One date, and we're talking like get out, like go somewhere, do something like you would if you were, you know, dating for real and not married and boring. Um, but that would be real. Like we discussed that you should put all the date ideas, like sit down together, and maybe that could be like a fun thing over dinner. Like right. write down all your date ideas. Okay. All your date ideas, write them down. Where where would we go? What would we do? Bowling, fishing, hiking, overnight trip to Santa Barbara, whatever it is. Right. Different ideas. And then you put them in like a bowl or a jar. 
And then when it comes time to like have your date, you just randomly pick it and you have to do it. You could do that for dinners too, because there's a lot of times where you and I are hung up, you know, on those nights where we are alone. How do you? No, 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 no. But it could be like, um, like we have a few of our favorite restaurants, you know, we love sushi. We love Italian food. Um, there's a few Mexican restaurants that we like, but you could put that into that bowl. And when it's like, what do you want for dinner? I don't care. What do you want? And you and I get stuck in this quite often you know i feel like when we have the kids it's pretty easy kids will have a good idea of what they want i feel like lately i'm just making what i make and it's been awesome that's right yeah that's right (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so you know there's there's the fishbowl idea and you can use that for anything (laughs) (laughs) sexual positions (laughs) i wasn't gonna go there yes you were like your face is like four shades of red Anyways, the fishbowl idea. We've got it. We've got a new listener tonight. This is interesting. Watching from Los Alamos National Laboratory, L-A-N-L, Los Alamos, which we've gone there. Yeah. Um, NM, is that New Mexico? Um, Office of Scientific Research and Development. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being with us. Welcome. So we are the blended life. I'm Eric. <laughs> are this is my we? Wife, I don't know who we are anymore. We might be. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Right. Um, so I think that you can come up with new and exciting ways. I feel like dating your spouse, everyone kind of agrees. I think that it's important to always learn your spouse and date your spouse. Like this rhetoric is like marriage 101. We throw it out there. But I think that it's really hard to execute it because it becomes cumbersome or a lot of pressure or if you're not a planner you don't really it's not your thing so I think that you need to get with your spouse and figure out like how can we make this fun exciting you know the fishbowl things great idea um there's conversation cards too we actually got some for our wedding um and that's a fun are they still new in the in the wrapper (laughs) yes (laughs) Sarah got them for us hey sorry Sarah (laughs) she doesn't watch this she has a happy whole family she actually was. She listens. You really? don't think so? In the Welcome, beginning, Sarah. you don't remember this? I do. I don't think she does anymore. Um. Anyway, so that's a great way to learn your spouse and to have a date night. You know, maybe you take a blanket, go to a park, go to the beach, and you have these conversation cards, and you ask each other these questions or show each other these positions, and <laughs> you see what happens. Flip it over. No yeah. Pun intended. What would be like a fun, like, well... Let's talk about guys, because I feel like girls always want dates. Girls always want to feel beautiful and like. like Have you met guys these days? Guys want to look beautiful. I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, most guys, not these guys. I'm just so. okay. So talk to me though about guys and dating their wives. What is the expectation for guys dating their wives in marriage? I don't know if there is an expectation. <laughs> we are very. compartmentalized we go (laughs) off the lead of our wives and their needs and we are just here to serve we (laughs) we live in your world and we are just here to serve you bullshit (laughs) it's such a bunch of bullshit no you know what it's very hard in a blended family because i feel like the times the increments of times are so they're so quick and they happen so fast and trying to plan something you know just is at least for me is um you're not a planner at all i i am but i'm not you're not i i'm i'm not, not a planner until i have to be and then once it's time to plan like watch out like we had to plan a wedding and like once i'm like i i've got my mind fixated on something like this has got to happen i mean i think you know me i'm well gonna enough. watch out on sunday okay oh yeah you're gonna be what <laughs> Asshole. I wasn't going to say the age. I wasn't going to say your age. I'm going to be 39, whatever. I don't even care. Wow, you actually said it legit. I don't even, whatever. I'm 39. Say that out loud. I've lived a lot of life for 39. That's how I feel. I feel like I... You look good for 39. (laughs) Anyways. So So. there's zero (laughs) expectations for guys in dating. That's where, that's what we've got. No, I don't think that's the truth. I think that, I think guys have a lot of pressure on them to um, meet expectations that we need to be gentlemen. We need to show chivalry. We need to, we need to be that hallmark man that every girl wants. Is that asking too much? Well, yeah. When you're trying to keep up with the Kardashians. Be a gentleman. 
be a gen- oh no be I, chivalrous I, 100%. I think women want to feel protected yeah you know but that's our jobs to do that and i feel like Are sometimes you sometimes you guys want equality and equal rights and not necessarily you but if you do that then you need to protect me <laughs> But thank God you don't want that because I have a pink baseball bat upstairs. If someone breaks in, I'm beating them with. I'm not depending on you. I'm depending on that pink baseball Good. bat. It's your job to protect our home. It is. Not mine. Right. You do that. Me and the firearms. We're going to take care of this. And the pink baseball bat. I really like if someone breaks in, like if you're bored and you want to get. You know, my husband fantasizes about, I don't even know if I should say this on air, but I'm going to. You fantasize about somebody breaking into our house and beating so the shit out of them. Beat them with a pink baseball bat. It's a it's a plastic baseball bat. I'm not gonna. No, it's a pretty hard plastic baseball bat. But rage and anger. Yes, but I would it's never, fun yeah. guys. Anyways, um, oh, this is cute. So, um, so this like person like says, that. treat your spouse like a celebrity, and they will treat you like a fan. That's an awesome Stop quote. Is it. that your quote? That's an awesome quote. I'm probably going to post that on our social media. Can she quote you on that? <laughs> I have to take a screenshot or is this like we can get to this? We can get to that. All right. That's really, really cute. Yeah, Are you going to treat like me that. like a celebrity? I'm ready. Yeah, I am your biggest fan. You- <laughs> yeah, because I, I treat really you like a celebrity. But you know what? When I don't it comes feel to- like that lately, but that's fine. But I try to. Like I, I was just bragging to one of my friends, um, not only last night, but recently too, um, about what an absolutely talented writer you are. I don't know if you guys know, some of you know, but Julie does all of the writing, the descriptions, um, the photos with the wording on them. That all comes from within Julie's brain here. And I, it's something I can't do. I'm not creative. I know you think I'm so talented and creative and artsy, but that's part of it that I really struggle with, where you absolutely shine. It's not hard for you to put words down and um, be creative with them. So, you know, when I hear a quote like this, treat your spouse like a celebrity and they will treat you like a fan, like that is right up your alley. That's something that would come out of your brain. And I'm, re- I'm your biggest fan when it comes to, when it comes to <laughs> writing and um, expressing thoughts and feelings. And if anyone's going to be able to get out the words and emotions, like it's, it's really, it's you. Well, so thanks. I'm your biggest fan. Thanks. And do we have clapping? <laughs> no, we don't. We have to get rid of it. Can you please like stop with that? Oh my gosh. You press that one. All right. So So I think that in blended families, when we talk about custody schedules and time alone and dating, you know, I think I want to challenge everyone. The next time that you guys have time alone, use it wisely. You know, maybe you don't make that plan with a friend or, you know, maybe you turn the TV off. Maybe you guys don't, you know, maybe you come out of the garage or away from the computer or whatever screen you're in front of. And maybe you make the time for your spouse. I think the thing is, is that when your spouse goes by the wayside, no matter how much time alone together you have or not, that becomes your reality, right? That's your comfort zone. And what's the incentive to want to spend time? Like, if time together isn't fulfilling, isn't intimate, isn't enjoyable, isn't fun, isn't happy, you know, if you're not putting in the effort to make your time together amazing, you know, because if if it was all those things when you were alone with your spouse, you won't, you can't wait till the next time you get that. Right. You know, that you hold on to that. You know, you're, make, you're like, I don't want to spend time with anyone else. Like, let's get to this next weekend so we can hang out. You know, and I think that we just truthfully all get complacent and tired. But I think that that it does a really big disservice to marriages, especially marriages in a blended family. And now if you're a natural family, right? I know it's more work to get a sitter and to figure things out. It does get better as your kids get older and can stay home. Um, that's a blessing that we're coming to realize right now. You know, we have kids that are old enough to watch the other kids and, you know, that frees up a whole lot of time that you were, you know, where you can sneak away for a, you know, go for a walk or a hike or go grab lunch and the kids can, you know, eat leftovers or whatever. You can make it work. But I think that you need to be intentional to, figure out time away with just your spouse. Mm -hmm. 
It is, yeah, being intentional. And you've always said that, like, love intentionally. Um, what You have intentional quotes, you know, but really being there for your spouse and being intentional for them. And that comes to, um, you know, dating them, um, caring for them, listening to them, having conversations. Like, all of this should have intentions, you know. you yeah. Your intention is to to care for, to be their biggest fan, to make them feel loved, you know, to build a better, stronger relationship. Yeah. And I mean, the same thing comes with, with your kids. Like don't just have kids to have kids. You know, we didn't have kids because, (laughs) well, most of us didn't have kids because it was an accident. You know, you, you genuinely and intentionally Mm. want kids to raise good human beings, to carry on a legacy, you know, to, to carry on a family name, you know, you don't just like, hey, I have kids and I'm just going to send them off to the yeah, world. Good and, luck. And good luck. Right? Yeah. So we had a new listener tonight. Who is it? Is it Lindsay? Mm-hmm. Hi, Lindsay. Welcome. So she's on Instagram. You're really good about stuff like that. What? Welcoming? Yeah. Or intentionally? You're way nicer <laughs> than me. I don't know what we're talking about at this point. <laughs> oh, yes. So dating, marriage, um, it's all important. It is. Okay, moving on, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on to the next. How to deal with insecurities about your spouse and their ex working together, co-parenting, and getting along. <clears throat> Uh-oh. <laughs> Cindy's saying we're being rated X tonight. Mm-hmm. Not quite. For this, for for tonight, this is pretty tame for Julie. Once Julie gets going, she gets going, and then uh, we have another listener too. That's awesome. Welcome. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to all our new listeners. Okay. Oh, which one? The very last one. No, we're not. Th- we have oh. to rush. Come on. How to deal with insecurities <laughs> about your spouse and He's their so ex not. working together, co-parenting, and getting along. So basically, I think you get over this with time. You know, you have to just, this was written by, <clears throat> this was written by a girlfriend, you know, with a kidless girlfriend. Okay. And that tells you, that informs you a lot right there. Okay. Like, this is why it's kind so, of important when you're dating. Right. It's hard to date somebody who you can't empathize with because you don't have an ex and you don't have kids and you don't know what the co-parenting realm is and it does affect jealousy and it does bring up insecurities and I can totally you know see how it can go there and I I also understand like when you especially even if you are so if you have a spouse who you have different parenting styles with let's say um and I don't know. I can sometimes, but sometimes it's like you see your spouse co-parenting with their ex and they're on the, they're so in sync, like so in sync, so on the same page, they agree on everything. It's super easy for them. And you have that dynamic when in your own home, it's not that way. And I know I've spoken to people that that's a really hard pill for them to swallow because they are observing their spouse co-parenting so well with their ex. It's like, why the fuck did you break up if you guys are... Why the fuck did you break oh. up? <laughs> you keep beeping me. I'm just going to keep saying it. Why the fuck did you oh. break up <laughs> if um, you guys are getting along so well and co-parenting so well and you have all so, the same values so, and morals? It's so much more than that. But, it is so much more than that. Parenting and co-parenting and being a mother or a father is is just very small part of the battle. I mean, it's about being a husband. It's about being a wife. It's about being a, a child. It's, it's about, about having a, a fishbowl. It's really about there's so much more involved than just the parenting aspect. And it's cool if we can get to parenting and co-parenting, you know, on um, a good level. And I feel like my ex and I align very well these days with co-parenting and does that ever is does that ever drop insecurities for you um or are you pretty secure with the way that i co-parent and how that goes because i i don't have those types of issues with you because you don't co-parent very well well fuck you very much you out why is the words tonight um no i think that 
Well, because I know both of our personalities Mm -hmm. and I know both of us, like if you were ever to be like, oh gosh, I really miss my ex (laughs) and I need to be with her. I'd be like, you know, I'd be like, bye. Like it wouldn't, it doesn't make me insecure. I'd be like, see you later. Good luck in life. Right. Type of a thing. Like I don't, I don't. I don't feel insecure about that. Yeah, but I also I, I feel like what you don't that? feel because there's no threat there. I think at the end of the day, you're not threatened. She doesn't do anything to make you feel threatened. And I don't think I do anything to um, dishonor our marriage. No, but it's like also I've lived enough life, been married enough times where <laughs> I'm not like going to be in competition with anyone. Yeah, right. No, you're better you know? than that. Well, I mean, even when it comes to step parenting. You know, step parents don't be in competition with your stepchildren. That's a toxic relationship in your household. And I see that a lot. I see step parents like vying for attention from their spouse or, you know, jealous of their stepkid. And it's really like you're insecure and jealous about that relationship. And then, you know, it it it, it becomes a toxic cycle. And same thing with an ex, you know, like it shouldn't be a competition. Like if your blended family, your marriage and your blended family feels like a competition between kids or ex, you know, I would say that that is not a good situation. You need to figure it out because that's a really hard place to live between now and dead. And if you're feeling that way, have that conversation. Don't let it go on too far. You know, have that conversation with your spouse or your partner and let them know like, Hey, I'm feeling insecure. This is why. This is what's causing it. Um, try to isolate it and narrow down and put a finger on exactly what's happening mm-hmm. and try to make it go away. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, too, um, transparency helps with insecurities. Mm-hmm. So if you have a, if you are an insecure person or you are a bio parent who's dealing with an insecure partner, you know, always go back to transparency. You should have nothing to hide, especially with communication with the ex, right? So, and don't ever make your spouse feel bad, you know, or ashamed or upset. You know, open your phone, let them read emails, send screenshots, bring them into it. I think that if your partner, if your partner is insecure, you know, it's kind of like dealing with stepkids, you know, or an R's baby. Let's go there because this is a very good parallel. <clears throat> we always tell people if you're going to have an R's baby, make the kids as part of it as you can, right? Take them to the ultrasound. Let them hear the heartbeat. Let them pick out things for the room and paint the room and name the baby, like help name the baby. Put, you know, let them be as involved into it and they'll accept it more. Same thing if you're dealing with an insecure spouse, partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, the more you bring them into your, like what's going on, the more you can shed light on your conversations or just have an open phone policy or, you know, they don't ever, they're never left wondering, well, what did you say? What was said? Did you guys meet? You know, like take the mystery out of it. And then there's not really much to be insecure about unless there is then they shouldn't be with you, is, you yeah. know, I don't know, but. Can we call ours babies? Can we call them pirate babies? Ours babies. <laughs> so stupid. Like, pirate babies. <laughs> I'd rather talk about sex. <laughs> well, of course you would. <laughs> we have we have a lot of chat tonight. You want to read some of it? You can read it. I can't see any You glasses. can't? I'm going to bring you the. You can read it. Okay. You're a way better reader. Okay. Well, Cindy said that we're being x-rated <laughs> tonight. Not me, just Julie, right? Um, just found our channel. Wow, Holy Ghost. Uh, prompting big time. I'm serious. <laughs> oh my God, we got more stuff coming through. <laughs> I'm in a serious relationship with a woman who has a 13 year old daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm single, but my girlfriend and I are believers who are divorced. Any suggestions for books, resources for how I might best fit into a significant other daughter uh, plus daughter combo? You're the book reader. Yeah, there. I haven't found a lot of good blended family books, to be honest, honestly, which is why we're here. <laughs> yep, that's exactly why we're here. Um, there hasn't been a lot of support, and you're actually 
Um, I was supposed to. I've got to do some work stuff tomorrow. But we're actually having a meeting tomorrow with our church because there's literally support groups for everything. Blended families is not one of them. So we're going to meet a little bit with our church. and uh, Yeah, so I just think it's, and and the hard thing is, it's like writing books about blended families too is kind of sketch because I do wonder, like every situation so different, right? From custody to children's backgrounds to why the divorce happened to who you're married, if they have kids, if they don't have kids, if you're having an ours baby, if you're not, you know, there's so many moving pieces that really, you know, it's, you have to find your own path. And so while it's helpful to, it's helpful to listen and have support simply to get other points of view and maybe make you think outside the box. I think we get stuck a lot and we get, we need to get out of our own way and talking to other people helps you get out of your own way and kind of think of things a little bit differently, you know, but we always say that our mission here is to start conversations that you finish in your own homes, you know? So, and I love when people use our podcast, you know, like they're scared to bring up an issue, you know, or they're afraid to bring something up to their partner because it'll be ill-received or they don't want to be blamed for thinking. And they're always like, oh, I listened to this podcast and this crazy wife said this. (laughs) And then she's like, what do you think about that? And then it opens the door for conversation. And I love that. Like, So if you need us to talk on something, (laughs) yeah, use us for that. Yeah, Um, We actually did an underground podcast that was never released. And it was on um, a step parent who had no children of um, their own and was in a relationship uh, uh, married to a person who had a transgender stepchild. And it was causing so much riff in their relationship and in their marriage. And this person came on and talked with us about it. And then afterwards went, you know what? I don't think I can let this go public and go live because this could potentially end my marriage my marriage yeah and yeah it's one of those things that it was I mean it's it's gold there's so much lesson and learning in it Mm -hmm. and not about just the transgender community I mean that's only that's only the the tip of the iceberg but the feelings that go under there's so much stuff in there that has nothing to do with that but it's just real thoughts um insecurities concerns um, that a lot of us deal with in, in the blended family community. I mean, it's, it's this is not easy. Yeah. So. I mean, it's just, there's a, uh, there's a lot. And, you know, we've, people always are interested in us having guests on and things like that. And I love that. And we're always down to do that. The thing is, though, um, when push comes to shove, it's very difficult for people to come on and be honest and to talk about the shit that's going on because somebody is always offended or they're afraid of somebody else hearing it or they don't want their spouse to get upset because they've been holding it all inside and they don't really want to be honest and so you know I think it's really important to find support and talk to people more than reading a book because oftentimes books are printed by psychiatrists and so you know sociological social say it I can't say it <laughs> so it's not socialist <laughs> sociological <but> no <laughs> oh my god you Social guys know workers? what I'm talking about oh, yeah sure <laughs> but like oftentimes these books are written by people who have never been in a blended Sociopaths. family you know we've gone to a counselor who's not ever you know who's not in a blended family and it's you know yes there are psychological things you can speak to generally but it's hard, like, if you're not living that life and living the struggle and you've never been a stepkid or a stepparent, um, it's hard to know how to navigate that. And a lot of times the truth lives within you and you just have to talk it out. So, okay, last thing before we go. How would a stepparent create a relationship with a stepchild that's a diff- like a little difficult to earn trust from what... Okay, let me read this Shout again. out to Asher... Asher Boy and Buddy Boy 805, they're two big time YouTubers that are watching us right now. I just want to give them a shout out. <laughs> Look at they're on our chest. How would okay They're friends with FaZe High Sky. Oh my gosh. Okay. How would a step parent create a relationship with a stepchild that's a little difficult to earn trust from without stepping on the bio parents' toes too much? 
So basically, this stepdad wrote in and is trying to figure out how to, like, ha- he has a, a difficult stepchild in the home, mm-hmm. and he's a stepchild himself. Mm. And so he had a really bad experience with his stepmom. Maybe not a really bad experience, but he had he had issues as an adult, like trying to be honest about how he felt about his stepmom as a kid and how, you know, he brought things up and it kind of like it kind of distanced them and distanced him from his dad. OK. And so he's had like kind of emotional he has mixed feelings about it. Right. And so he as a step kid knows how hard it is to have a distant step parent. Right. Because he had that. Yeah. But he's in a situation where he, I, from where the question sounds like it's kind of a difficult child, Mm -hmm. but he wants to create that bond and relationship without stepping on the bio parents toes. Well, you know what? The first thing I would do then is I would have a conversation with the bio parent and be like, look, you know, this is my goals. This is my thoughts. This is my intention. Or is it, is this his partner or is this uh, the other, probably the other His parent. partner. His partner. Yeah, he's he, the step parent. He doesn't too. want to step on her toes? Yes. Oh, well, that's an easy conversation. Have this conversation with her and let her know what your intentions are. Let her know that you want to have a good, healthy relationship with her child or children, you know, and um, come up with good ideas, good activities. And I think... Once you get into a rhythm of learning and understanding a kid and showing them there that you're there for them and um, that you want the best for them and you build a relationship, it's only going to get easier. It's going to soften the kid and this difficult kid is going to start to become um, a little more obedient, a little bit more um, just just soft and understanding when it comes time for you guys to to hang out and talk. And if there's a relationship, if there's a bond, you're going to build respect. And if there's respect, you're going to build a good, um, you know, parentship. Is that a, is that a word? Parentship and friendship. And, um, it's really just going to get easier. So I think your first step is talk with the bio parent and let them know, you know, this is something that you crave and let them know your, your fears and your hopes and what you're looking to get out of this. And I, I, don't think it should be too hard of a thing. I mean, it might be hard to get that ball rolling at first because you don't have a direction, but I think once that ball starts rolling, mm-hmm. it's going to grow really quickly. Yeah, and I think that one of the benefits that this person has over most step parents is that you're a step kid yourself. So, you know, you have you have a well of information and ex- life experience to pull from. As you're venturing into the step parenting world, you know what worked, what didn't work. You know what mistakes you don't want to make. You know where you need to step up because somebody else may not have. And that's something that is a wealth of knowledge and kind of like a step up that you have that most step parents don't have going into this. And so I think that you need to not overthink it. You know, I think that you need to... Um, even talk to the child and say, I'm here for you. You know, it is just, it is one of those things like communicate with your family, with your spouse slash girlfriend, boyfriend, you know, communicate with the bio parent, communicate with the kid and live your, like, do what you feel is right by the child. You know, I mean, I'm also a step kid And now that I'm a step parent, I have a lot more grace for my step parents, you know, and I didn't understand a lot of things when I was a step kid, when it came to my step parents, I have a step mom and a step dad. You're still a step kid. You still don't understand a lot of things, but (laughs) I, you know, I didn't, I didn't like a lot of things. I didn't connect with a lot of things. And now that I'm a step parent, I kind of understand why they were the way they were or the struggle that they were facing. And the hardship of that struggle definitely affects your relationship with your stepkids. So whatever your struggle is in your blended family and your step parenting, it affects the way you step parent and your relationship with your stepkid. 
you know? And so for me, like I was with my, my biological father, summers and holidays. I didn't do daily life down there. Right. I didn't, I didn't do school down there. I just did, you know, a month in the summer and then two weeks at Christmas, a week at Thanksgiving, like here and there throughout the year, little spots. So was I ever going to be super close to my stepmom? Because not really, because I didn't really know her that well. I mean, you could have, but the personalities would have had to really align and make for that. And they didn't. And I didn't have the time to build that bond, you know, and I wanted to see my dad because I didn't get to see him and I wanted to see him. I, I wasn't really interested in seeing her. I wanted my dad. That's the relationship as a kid I was always interested in. I wasn't really interested in my relationship with my stepmom. That didn't ever, I wasn't, I wasn't thirsting for it and yearning for it and needing it and wanting it. So it was fine, but I really wanted that with my dad. And that was my focus, even as a kid, you know? And so I think that as a kid, right, you're, you're putting that off. And my stepmom I mean, it's obvious that I would rather be with my dad. So that doesn't, I mean, I think she was understanding. She never made problems about that. But I also like, I understand, like now that I'm a step parent, I kind of understand the position she was in now that I'm a step parent. And so her behaviors, I kind of understand a little bit more. Um, But our personalities wouldn't have clicked anyway and whatever. So my point is, is like you have a wealth of knowledge. Don't second guess yourself too much. Don't overthink it. Don't circle the drain. Do what's right by the child involved. You know, you are sound like a very good person. And I feel like, again, it lives within you the right answers to this. You just need to talk it out with your spouse or with your partner and you guys need to figure it out together, like what her boundaries are, um, what your non-negotiables are, and figure out how to parent this kid together. Amen, sister. Amen. Jessica, he's a purebred chihuahua. So that was Puck, you guys, if you're watching this. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted in here. He got a little taste of fame last week and just wanted to be on camera again. So anyways, you guys, if you want to watch this live with us uh, right now, we're every Thursday um pacific standard time which is la at 7 30 um we'd love to have you on with us um answer all your questions chat with you guys we just appreciate you guys uh for all being here um check us out on instagram facebook we have uh, great um you know chat sites help sites on there groups but uh, yeah. thank you thank you guys for being here connect We're- with us on social media you guys i know he just said that but really we mean it we're the blended life you guys <laughs> we'll see you next week